0: Hello and welcome back once again to the Student Paged Podcast. Believe it or not, I am still your host, Grace Sanders, joined today by the very wonderful, the very talented singer-songwriter, Sam Fisher. It feels a little bit redundant to ask how how are you, but how are you today, Sam?
1: Oh, thank you for asking me that. You know, I don't get asked (laughs) that very often. I love that. No, it really, it has become a nice question. I feel like whenever anyone's asked, like, how are you nowadays, it's like, hang on. I love that you said I'm still your host what like what that that's hilarious of course you're still the host but no I'm I'm good (laughs) did that did that sound convincing Uh, I am I'm okay things are in flux things are moving things are always changing around me so right now here with you I'm good how are
0: you I'm doing very well thank you for asking do you have any fun small talk tales to tell before we before we kick off an inquiry but
1: small talk tales I mean I don't know I'm currently living in Virginia in my mother-in-law's house while saving up to move to the UK so my tales right now are based in suburban Virginia yeah it's been a long journey and the story is like so long convoluted and Every shit thing that could happen to anyone in this music industry has happened to me and I'm stuck in here. So come on. Well,
0: there you go. It's a success story against flourishing in all circumstances. Yeah. (laughs) Against all the odds.
1: I've defied the odds for sure. But Hey, I'm grateful for it. It's And look, I, I was about to quit when I wrote this city. I was done. I was like, F this. Like I had been signed to a label that was not very good to me. And I thought if this is what being an artist is, then I'm, so done with that and it was the public the fans the world said no you're not and they threw me another bone and I I, you know I love it some days I hate it other days and (laughs) that's life hey
0: I mean you've answered the call with your hit single The City which has over 500 million streams I believe I don't know how many people that is but after a quick google apparently 500 million is the ideal population of the earth So if we could get every one of your listens, that would be brilliant.
1: Yeah, it's a bit nuts to think about those numbers. I feel like this city is its own artist at this point. (laughs) Now, this song
0: is a nominee for the Aria song of the year. And you've also been on Ellen with this song, which I think is a kind of a status symbol of its own. For anybody who hasn't listened, which why have you not listened yet? But this is very much a breakup ballad. Can you tell us more about it?
1: I read the city... I guess it's a breakup ballad. You know what's funny is when I wrote this song, I was like so broken. I was disillusioned. I was being abused by my label and I didn't want to be in the music industry. I didn't feel like I had a place here. I didn't feel like it wanted me, but it's like a drug. It's like you hear no a thousand times a day and then you finally hear a yes and you forget that you've heard no a thousand times a day. I feel like with all my music, some of it's sad, but there's always hope in it. And yeah, this city was kind of like a cry for help and it's about LA. And then when it started going crazy, everyone kind of like, and I was like, this is like a love song. And, you know, I'd hear pe- I, people would tweet like, oh, I just want to like slow dance with the love of my life and, and kiss in the kitchen while Sam is This City Plays. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Oh, so I don't know what it is about that song, but I love it and I'm obsessed with it and I'll play it the rest of my life to the day I die and has given me this life that I'm living now, and I mm-hmm. don't you know, like, it's, it yeah, like, th- this city was born from a very dark place, and it, it was the rocket ship that took me into the light.
0: It must be hard to write about these sorts of feelings and have them become so internationally popular. Would you trade the heartbreak for a world tour again
1: would i trade the heartbreak i mean no like if i said yes and i would have to say yes about like being heartbroken over like the the a bunch of shit um (laughs) no every experience i've had good and bad has led me to where i am now and i have to be okay with that if i start resenting the way that my life has gone which i've done a lot of you know i i'll be sad forever and i don't want that and so I think the heartbreak just means that I'm human. It means I'm alive. (laughs) It also gives me shit to write about. So, you know, like, no one wants to hear a song about how happy you are. Everyone wants to just, like, misery loves company, so.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: That's where we are.
0: Everybody wants a song for where it's 2am. They can blast it through their earphones and then cry silently like they're in a film.
1: My goal goal as a songwriter is to be able to write songs that the drunkest guy in the diviest of bars can absolutely wail on so i
0: think that's a theme in itself is there a spotify playlist for drunkest guy in the diviest <laughs> bar
1: right there should be i mean that's it all i want to do is make drinking songs
0: speaking of experiences uh, i believe you also went to uh, berkeley music college over in boston in the u.s and in that time you also were in uh, a cappella group at the height of popularity of pitch perfect
1: oh yeah yeah <laughs> I would love
0: to know a little bit more about how that like stardom swept across the US and a cappella groups and how that has influenced you as well.
1: Oh my god, it was so crazy, wasn't it? There was like a, it was kind of like a golden era of of a cappella. Yeah, I was in a group, an a cappella group called Pitch Slapped in at Berkeley, and we were really good. We were like super good, and we, you know, one of the members of it is now in Pentatonix and. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Matt Sally was, we were in Pitch Slap together and uh, I lived with Ben Bram who put Pentatonix together and I'm friends with all the guys in there and, and uh, it was, it was cool. I mean, you know, it was college. Like I look back on it now and I'm kind of like, Ugh. like I cringe a little bit, but at the same time, like I had fun. It introduced me to a lot of people and, and without the acapella scene, I, I wouldn't have I don't know. had the friends that I had in, in the U.S. that kind of believed in me. Yeah, it was a weird one. It was a weird one, and I look back on it and I cringe, but I, I, I still have love for it. I feel like if you put us together in a room, we could all remember our parts. But I don't know some greats an acapella group. John Legend was in an acapella group. So was Sarah Bareilles. Like it's so niche, but it's cool
0: exactly and and speaking of big names you've worked with Demi Lovato you've even toured with Lewis Capaldi Um, how was those experiences and who would you love to collaborate next with and and
1: why amazing it's funny Lewis and I were just mates like we we'd known each other for probably two years before that tour and I had no business being on that tour like it was sold out (laughs) he was the hottest new artist in the UK uh in the world maybe and yeah he called me and was like my tour sold out I can pick whoever I want to open do you want to come open I was like that's crazy so I had no money so I put it was like an I opened for Lewis acoustic and it was insane like it was fucking insane uh he is the best he is my homie you know he was the first person we'd see when we walk into the venue the first person we'd see when we get off stage he was our biggest champion he he's always been a big supporter and and just yeah Just like good peeps. Demi was like, I mean, Demi was an established veteran of the world. Like, she was a celebrity since the age of eight. So, working with Demi was like a whole different kind of like, Demi's amazing. We and we are, we are friends, we're close, we text, you know. She's just like, she's an amazing, like, hard, hard working pro she's been surrounded by some unfavorable people in her life and i think that the world has an opinion of her that is just so far from who she is and i uh, it was it was amazing like it was just, it was really fun and it's so it's just so interesting to to be close to someone who so many people have so many opinions about and to know like who they actually are and she's caring she's loving she's really fun she's Talented as hell, and and you know she knows what she wants, and I think she's a, a powerful woman, and and people are intimidated by that in the music industry mm-hmm. and the world. So or, or, I don't know. I love her, and it was really fun. And what other people say is a fucking banger. So <laughs>
0: so moving on from from going from Lewis and Demi, who would you love to collaborate with next in a perfect world?
1: In a perfect world, Ed Sheeran, call me, I'm ready.
0: That's it. It's for just one guy such a big worldwide name
1: I mean like why not go big or go home you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but no like (laughs) that's let's say it's a stretch goal who would I like to collab with I think uh, Holly Humberstone is incredible I think Maisie Peters is incredible I think Griff is incredible I would love to do something outside of my world like I would love to collab with Jasmine Sullivan I would love to write with flow, Like I would, I so many, like, like who have I been listening to recently? Like Remy Wolf, I think that'd be crazy, but I don't know what we would do, but I don't know. Like any, any kind of collab, whether it's like we cook something together or we just say, yeah, I mean, I, I love collaboration. I'm a big fan of it. I would love to do something with Sam Smith. I think that'd be epic.
0: Whoever, wherever, answer the call. <laughs> Let's go.
1: I'm down. But I guess like, you know, the next song I have coming out is with my very close friend, Megan Trainer, And it's a song we've had. We recorded it in 2019. And I don't know, it's funny. Like, you asked me, like, who do you want to collab with next? And I have all these friends in the music industry and who are artists who I'm a fan of. And I don't say any of them because I feel like that's weird because we're friends. But also, like, <laughs> the only thing I want to do is, is collab with my friends. So strike all of that. Megan, Lewis, Niall, I don't know. Whoever.
0: <laughs> you could end up doing some sort of what is like banded, just chuck everyone in one room.
1: <laughs> exactly. Just wrap them all up. Let's go. I think that would definitely create something viral as such. There's all of us in a room just making shit. <laughs> hey, that would be yeah. great.
0: Speaking of social media, I feel like this is quite a loaded question, but how do you feel about like the TikTokification of music as it was? Ugh. i know exactly what you mean (laughs) Uh,
1: okay there are two sides of it there is a side that i guess launched me which is music discovery and i I feel like i was lucky because it was at a time when no one knew what the hell to do with a viral song and going viral on tiktok was a total anomaly and you know i didn't even have the app when this city started going viral so i don't know i feel like i was like the og of of viral songs on tiktok (laughs) which is cool i think now, you know, Coyle Ray tweeted the other day that the music industry is oversaturated and every song is a hit and every, everyone's a star. Mm-hmm. And even though TikTok feels like it's leveled the playing ground, it has also kind of done away with people being really passionate about an artist. And instead, it's all about the like 15 second sound you hear on TikTok. And I think it's really scary and I think damaging to the music industry. For a bunch of reasons, one TikTok doesn't pay anyone.
0: Mm -hmm. No residuals.
1: For example, and it's in their it's in their fucking like terms and conditions that they do not pay out royalties for music. This city has been viewed on TikTok a couple billion times, and I see nothing from that. Of course, it it allowed the song to have a huge life on streaming, but I don't know how that's not a copyright issue. Uh, And a publishing issue and a label issue. And and maybe the labels are making money from it, but I don't think they are. It's all about exposure. And so I think that's really hard. I I think that it's kind of, you know, it's sad that it's kind of replaced. All marketing campaigns are just like, let's do TikToks. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: if this song doesn't go, then it's dead on arrival. And like, it's, that sucks for us because we work so hard at this shit. And then, you know, if we're not, I don't know, if, if making... Viral videos doesn't come naturally to you. Like, what are you supposed to do? I. But at the same time, I know I just railed the fuck out of it. But <laughs> <laughs> I. At the same time, I am trying to look at it as like a tool that I can use to market myself. A tool that, if I get a hold of it and really understand it, and I'm absolutely a student of the app, and I I have a good time on it, it can be really really powerful. My wish is that it wasn't the only plan that people seem mm-hmm. to have. You know, like, I wish it was just one tool at our, at our mm-hmm. disposal that we could use. It's good for some, shit for others. And I think the issue is that none of us artists, songwriters, producers, whatever, none of us got into this industry to be video creators. And it all feels like we have to be video and content creators first and music second. And I think that is the death of art.
0: I think that's an incredibly good summary. And I I do feel like today there's almost a a recipe for making a hit, which is check out your rhyming dictionary, make something which is easily samplable in three lines. Is it about a boy? Sure. Let's go. (laughs) right? And speed it up by two. Sorted.
1: For sure. I just think when people... You know, you have artists and songwriters and stuff that go go into a studio and go, I let's write a song for TikTok. It's always obvious when that's a thing. And it, you know, just I don't know. I just wish it wasn't like the start and end of any conversation is in, in you know, even in media, it's like radio won't play it unless it has fucking millions of videos made to it on TikTok. Like, what the hell's that? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it almost feels like on the positive side at labels, I feel like there was a big boom of signing TikTok artists and I feel like that's slowed down now and it it's almost like labels really need to take chances on artists again and really believe in in the artists because anything can go at any time. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm lucky to have a label and a team at the label that really believes in me and really believes in my music and, you know, even though I haven't really been allowed to have a conventional career or path. And you know, the time when I had my biggest global moment, everyone was stuck indoors and now we're playing catch up, but
0: <laughs> speaking of more positive things, you're about to embark upon your something to hold on to Tor. Can you tell us more about where the name came from? I'm actually very curious.
1: It's a lyric from one of my songs, but it's also for me, I was like, you know, this isn't the big full dream production run. It's an acoustic tour and so I felt like why don't I give this is me giving my fans like just something to hold on to until the album comes until the next thing until you know the big tour and it's also a special moment it's an acoustic tour I get to invite people in to see uh and hear the songs the way that they were written with just one instrument and a voice and yeah so that's that's really simply where the name came from
0: are you excited to go around Europe? Have you been around Europe before?
1: I'm super excited. I'm so excited. The thing, last time I was there, I was on tour, I was opening up for Ash and I got really sick and I I couldn't play some of the shows. And I, yeah, so I'm excited to go back there. Like I'm going to Berlin really for the first time and that's going to be amazing. And I get to play Amsterdam. I'm psyched about that. And I had such a good time in Paris when I was there. And yeah, like I, I love Europe. I lived in the UK for a year on a ga- as a gappy when I was eighteen. So I went and travelled around. And it was pretty amazing.
0: It's good that you're gonna be able to return home, as such as it were. Even though home seems to be all over the place.
1: Yeah, it's hard. I don't. I. It's hard, like not having a foundation, not having a base, and I, I, I struggle with it a bit. Um, mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I don't really have an address right now, which is weird, but we're living that true but all life, you know.
0: (laughs) Similarly, what advice would you give to those looking actually to get into the music industry now?
1: Don't. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Looking to get into the music industry now, just make sure you love it. Make sure you love what you do Um, and have a healthy work life balance. Like, just don't take this too seriously. And I know everything right now is living and dying by numbers. And if you want to go that route, then fine. But as long as you love what you're doing, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, things are okay. I would say, though, my best advice is to lean on people, to ask people for help, to not be afraid, to put your pride to one side and say, hey, like, can you think of me for this opportunity? Or just, hey, like, Can you introduce me to some people? I think it's just really important to when you're, especially when you're starting out, just put your pride to the side.
0: Mm -hmm. I think the way that you've spoken about your friends in the industry, like even throughout this uh, interview has been really telling of that.
1: Yeah. I I think like be a good person. Don't talk shit behind people's back because this industry is small and it always gets back and just be really intentional when choosing your team. The energy you put in, you'll get back and just be just be a good person, be friends with people. And
0: I mean, I'd probably I'd, I'd find it hard to come by anybody who went out there and said, yeah, you know, just be awful to everyone you meet all of the time. Negative vibes <laughs> Go for it. Be the worst person in the room.
1: <laughs> I think sometimes like artists feel like they have to like play the role of an artist and it's just. I think in nowadays people can just see through that. Yeah, not to say that artists are like all mean and whatever, but just I feel like sometimes you know you got to put on this front, like you're this precious cargo, and I don't know. I don't subscribe to that. I'm more just like be yourself, and mm-hmm. like, people will fuck with you.
0: <laughs> time and a place for being a diva,
1: exactly, definitely. A time yeah. and a place. <laughs>
0: So we've spoken a little bit more about your your tour, uh, your new song coming out with Megan Trainer, uh, and you have a debut album coming out towards the end of the year. You have a lot a lot cooking. What can we expect?
1: Bangers on bangers, good times, great hits. I don't know <laughs> an album. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, like, it's an album I've been working on for what feels like my entire life. I'm so 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 proud of this body of work. It's my first like, it's my first album. It's the first time anyone can like listen through and and get a sense for who I am, what I've been going through the last couple of years, and also what I sound like on an album. And yeah, so that, and then hopefully a tour after that, and maybe a collab or two, and music and I, I want to be everywhere. I'm I'm definitely trying to refocus on Australia, which is my home and, and the UK and, you know, America's a bit intense right now. And, you know, my mate said to me, why, why do you run from where they're clapping for you? And I was like, okay, so I'm trying to run towards them now. So yeah. just big things, hopefully. And yeah, just good songs, really good music and and tours and good shows and We'll see what happens. You know, every day in the music industry is different. And that's part of the reason I cannot stay away because anything.
0: (laughs) So positive vibes running straight towards fans and a call from Mr. Ed Sheeran himself. It's coming. It's coming. (laughs) Thank you ever so much for taking the time to speak to me today, Sam. I'm really looking forward
1: to what you've got to come. Thank you so much. This is great. You're a great interviewer. I really appreciate these questions. It's nice. It's honestly, it's nice to like, have a chat with someone who's like I don't know, done some research, has some interesting questions, some back and forth. It's nice, it's good. I'm about to go watch Eurovision, so I will report back.
0: Exactly. I need I need a full brief on this. We can come back and have another interview after the final.
1: I got you. <laughs>